0: Welcome to Global Truth Center. Title of my talk today is In the Wind. Bob Dylan, in 1962, he wrote this song, Blown in the Wind. Now, up to that point, he had hit songs. But not, as they say, all of his songs up to that point were particular. They were about a specific thing, whereas Blown in the Wind was a much larger song, and it literally landed him in the, on the charts. Interesting fact, he was managed, whoever his manager was, also managed Peter Polamari. There was a group that had the song Blown in the Wind. It was on their album. It was going to be the first release of Blown in the Wind. And Capitol Records wouldn't release it because there was a word in the song they didn't like. So this trio, who would have probably ended up being Peter Paul, and Mary, uh, didn't get it, but Peter Paul, and Mary's came out, kept them on the charts for 10 weeks, 10 weeks in the number one position, and blew up their whole career. So they called it a protest song. They called this whole concept of of, of what he was saying a protest song. And it said, rhetorical questions about peace, war, and freedom. So this song is a bunch of rhetorical questions about peace, war, and freedom. And he said this. He said, the refrain, the answer, my friend, is blown in the wind, has been described as impenetrably ambiguous. Either the answer is so obvious it is right in your face. Or the answer is, is as intangible as the wind. So this song is either so obvious to you that you totally get it, or it kind of just morphs all around you. Like, well, what is it? That's so cool. The quote from um, Bob Dylan is this. I still say it's in the wind, and just like a restless piece of paper, it's got to come down sometime." So Bob Dylan, later in his life, they asked him, so what, is it, what did it mean? Everybody has these conjectures of what it meant, blowing in the wind. What did it mean? And he said, well, I still say it's whatever it is, it's in the wind, and just like a restless piece of paper, it's got to come down sometime. But the only trouble is that no one picks up the answer when it comes down. So not too many people get to see and know what it is, and then it flies away again. I would like to suggest that what's in the wind right now is this thing called the coronavirus, but that every one of us is standing there holding that piece of paper. And we are not going to ignore it, pretend it's not here, that we are not going to refuse to learn the messages that's here for us to get, and we're not going to just let it fly off into the distance. In fact, what I think we should do in the great shamanic tradition take that piece of paper, put it in a beautiful shell, light it on fire, and let it just dissipate back to where it came from, which is the global truth of everything. So that's what this song means to me. It is the time for us, it is time for you and for me to pay attention to what is going on in this world, to pay attention so clearly that we don't let these messages go by. So the question I have for you today is this. You know, the quote is, um, either the answer is so obvious it's right in your face or as intangible as the wind. So I want to ask you today, what is right in front of you that you're not paying attention to? What is right there? You know it. You absolutely know it. But what are you ignoring? What is right in front of you that you are not paying attention to? There is a lot going on right now that's in our face. And we can be reactive to it or we can come from truth. If you find yourself being reactive, ask yourself, why am I being reactive? Because you're just going to find some core belief that isn't working for you. So what's right in front of you? <laughs> and the other question is, <laughs> why won't you see it? What won't you see, and why won't you see it? Why do you absolutely know something and refuse to act on it? And, and I'm not just saying you. Why do I, why do we see things? This song was written in 1962. What is that? 72, 82, 92, 202, 212. Almost 60 years, right? 58 and a half years. That's how long ago this song was written, and we are still building nuclear bombs. We are still doing things that we know does not help us. We're still believing that walls should be built to keep people out. We're still doing things as though we are separate people living in separate continents. And then this virus comes along and says, "Uh-uh, I'm gonna knock you. I'm gonna take you all to your knees, till you figure this out." So I believe that's what's going on. So, so individually, there's there's my there's my momentary political moment. But individually, for me, what is it that I'm willing to see? What is it what I won't see? What is it that I'm not willing to know? Because guess what, blowing in the wind, I think he means and. I, No, I don't think this is what he means. This is what I get from it. Blowing in the wind. I think wind represents mind. What's blowing in your mind? What's blowing in the mind of God, which is the one mind that we all share? What is going on in mind right now? What's in there that you want to know? The word rhetorical means meant to persuade or impress, not question. So, what's trying to impress you? right now. I'm okay if they say it's rhetorical. It means something's trying to impress you. You bet your life something's trying to impress you. Something is trying to impress all of us. What is it? Is it a call? It's not a call to anger, I can tell you that. It's not a call to fear. It is not. It may seem like it if you look around the world. It's a call to fear. Turn on any news station, they're calling all fear. No, I believe it's a call to love. That's the only thing it can be, a call to love, a call to loving one another, being kind to one another, respecting one another's opinions, even those that, are, that can't get past fear. It doesn't mean we pummel love down their throat. That's not love. That's just agenda. I don't have an agenda. I have a desire to be happy. That's the only desire I have. And I have a desire for the world around me to be happy. So what is trying to impress you? What wants to impress you? And actually, another good question is, what does impress you? What impresses you in life? What type of things impress you? Because some people, some people are literally impressed, um, some people are literally impressed by the depressed. (laughs) Some people are impressed by the negative. Some people are impressed by all the things that are wrong in the world. And you know, People can look at me sometimes and say, oh, you're so la-la land. You're so, you know, you're so lovely, so, lovey, lovey, lovely." No, 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 no. There is truth, and that's love. And then there's the relative world where we have created fear and pain and uncertainty and doubt. I get it. I see it. I'm not stupid. I don't stuck my head in the sand. I see it. I understand it. I know it. But I don't choose it. And that's the thing. What are we willing to be impressed by? If you find yourself constantly asking yourself, how can I fix all the problems in the world? You're coming from the wrong angle. You're coming from the problems. You're not going to do anything for them, but join them. What if we just looked at ourselves and said, how can I bring more love into the world? How can I show more certainty? How can I be part of the solution, not part of the problem? We have a lot of time to think right now. This is our time to think. So I've pulled a book out that I bought just recently, I bought it at Sycamore Springs, and it's called the Book of Ceremony. And I pulled it out because I had just said, at some Sunday service, I had just said, we don't have enough ceremony in New Thought. We've ca- we're so we're so busy trying to not be Christian, not be Jewish, not be Buddhist, not be Hindu. We're all of it. So how could we be all of it and have thrown all of their ceremony away? It seemed ridiculous. So I want to bring more ceremony to the Global Truth Center, and which is Heather and Jason are like ceremony kings and queens, you know. So, so I bought this book called The Book of Ceremony, written by a very famous, successful shaman. And um, I, shamanism is a journey into the unseen. That's how she describes it. It's a journey into the unseen. A shaman is someone who doesn't bother to spend all this time in the relative world, but actually takes in the relative world in order to take it to that place within that actually understands what the hell is going on out here. So I love this idea, shamanism. And it said, it's a way of connecting to nature and all of creation. That's what I was saying, Karen. A way of connecting to nature and all of creation. And shamanism is all about oneness. Understanding that we are all connected to everything. And I think that's what this virus came to show us. You think you're so separate? You think you need to build a wall to keep the Mexicans out of our border? Watch this. I'm going to do a a virus. I'm going to give you a virus. I'm making this up, by the way, so don't say, oh, you think that's how it works? I don't. But if it did, here's a virus that can climb any frickin' wall you're going to put up. Deal with that. It's time to break all of this down and get it. So this Book of Ceremony. So it was talking about... a journey into the unseen, connecting with everything around us, being one with everything around us. So funny story. So I called Marcy Wellen to ask her a question and she was on FaceTime and she was walking through her house talking to me and she turned sideways. I went, Oh, you put up a new picture. She went, what? I said, that picture behind you. It looks really cool. Can I see it? And she turned around and she was like, Oh my God, I love that picture. And she went, James, that picture has been on this wall for the last 20 years. She said, you've been in my house a hundred times. You've walked down this hall at least a hundred times to get to the bathroom. It's facing you right in front of you when you walk down the hall. It's not a new picture. And I was like, seriously? Wow. And then I started going, oh, my God, what else haven't I seen in the world? What don't I see? Because I think I know. What do I not pay attention to? Because I think I figured it all out. Right. So then Kevin's having a conversation in my kitchen and Kevin's talking about this backpacking horse. Wait, I got to look at this horse backpacking trip he took in 1981 in Colorado. Right. And um, and he's telling this story. And I'm like, wow, see, you can learn something new about someone all the time. He goes, I've talked about this backpacking trip constantly. I said, I've never heard that you took a horse backtracking trip, backpacking trip in Colorado. And he was like, it's not that I haven't told you. You just didn't hear it. I was like, that is, don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then I thought about that too. How much do I not take in? You know? So now I know that Kevin has been, been on a horseback packing trip backtracking, backpacking trip, that's it, in Colorado. And then this morning I asked him, I said, what year was that? So that I had it for my notes, 1981. And he went, why are you asking? Is this going to be on your talk today? I don't want to be talked about. So I'm actually talking about myself, Kevin. Um, but, but I do want to hear more about that backpacking trip on the horse. I just love that concept. So, so I think what, we're, what I'm really saying today is in terms of ceremony, in terms of this whole thing, everything is sacred, but we don't see it that way. We don't trust it enough to see it that way. We let people talk to us about backpacking trips, and we're probably thinking about the problems we're having at the particular moment or something else that's got my attention or my um, inspiration at the moment. This is a perfect time for us to look around. Uh, You know, we may feel closed in. We may feel smaller, our lives. But start at your house. What's in your house that you haven't noticed in a long, 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 long time? What's in your garden that you haven't noticed in a long, 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 long time? I saw a thing out there and I went, Kevin, look at this. Isn't this a gorgeous plant? And he said to me, he said, yeah, it was gorgeous when you bought it at Ralph's. And, um... And I had somehow thought that like a seed flew in and brought it up there. He said, that's that plant that you bought at Ralph's because you found it in the back of the store and it looked like it was just about dead and you said, I'm going to buy this. It's 99 cents. I'm going to bring it back to life. He says, well, you did. You just haven't looked at it. And, and, and not that I'm using Kevin as the person that calls me out on everything I do wrong in life, or am I? Um, but the truth is, there's so much that we haven't seen. There's so, where are we going to put our attention? That's really what it's all about. Well, the answer, my friend, is blown in the wind. The answer is blown in the wind. Why don't we use this time that we have together to get better acquainted with the wind? Which means to get better acquainted with our minds. To get better acquainted with each other. Do a walk cook-off. Or do a walk cook-off. <laughs> Cook while you're walking. Get better acquainted with who you are. You know, there's going to come a time, I was looking for Bob Dylan quotes, and there was one quote. It, it seemed like, if I read it to you, it would sound really depressing, but it's not. But it was something like, there's going to come a time when I'm not going to be here. There's going to come a time, 50 years down the road, 60, 70, 80 years down the road, where I will be the memory in my grandchildren's minds. You will be the memory in your loved one's minds down the road. Does that mean you're not here? No. It means that there is one mind, and we are at the center of all of it. We will always be here, as mind, at all times. So perhaps what we need to do is lose our infatuation with the relative world so much and start getting more acquainted and more interested in our minds and start asking ourselves, what's right in front of me to know? What is right in front of me to understand about this thing? Bob Dylan's quote that I did find that I liked is this. Some people feel the rain, others just get wet. Some people feel the rain, others just get wet. So, what's it going to be? Are you going to feel the life you're living, or are you just going to be all wet? Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.